Do you have anything to start out with? Nope. Okay. Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. Happy episode 50. Woo. We're halfway to 100. Yep. That's crazy. Sorry we skipped a week. Just kind of forgot. It just happened. (laughs) But the good news is that this week you're getting two. Yay. So there you go. It's this is Wednesday or Thursday for you guys. Yeah. That you're getting this part. If I'm gonna set a reminder (laughs) so that we don't forget. Yeah. But yeah, exciting. Mm -hmm. Exciting stuff. Yep. Do we have anything to talk about beforehand? No. Okay. (laughs) I don't have anything. I don't think so. Mm. Big sky's back. Big sky's back. We watched Destination Fear trade Trail to Terror. Oh yeah. It's great. It was good. Um yeah. That's it. Yeah. Everything on our list ever is that we watched something. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I'll just get into it because I also have I a talk lot. about random stuff at the beginning. Um so you're getting two episodes this week because I am finally okay. Excuse me. <laughs> that was rude. Um I'm finally talking about the Zodiac Killer. And Katie knows that this has been a long time coming yeah. <laughs> because I've been fascinated by this case forever mm-hmm. and it's a rough one, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's too much for you, that's fine. I'm not going to get like super graphic and mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of like super graphic stuff in here other than like some threats and stuff, mm-hmm. but I won't get into any of that stuff. But yeah, um, I rewatched the movie. Zodiac. Sydney loves that movie. I love that movie so much. The cast is stacked. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't like him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in my notes, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo. And I love Mark Ruffalo <laughs> so much. Um, They're all in Marvel movies. I know. Marvel Kings. Mm-hmm. And then when I was rewatching it, I just kept looking up the cast yeah um so some other people that are in it um mouth from one tree hill Woo. uh russell from new girl the dad yeah. from princess protection program oh. <laughs> and uh mary lightly from psych nice and um also the guy who plays Lagarski in big sky and he is really good in it yeah so um i recommend the movie it's long it is long i also like if you're looking to watch the movie or read the book it's based on, just keep in mind that there's definitely some bias in it. Okay. So, yeah, some bias in it. And, like, some things in the book are, like, kind of fictionalized and, like, same with the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you keep that in mind, I still really enjoy them. So. Great. Okay. I just had to talk about the movie a little bit. But now we're actually going to get into the case. Great. Here we go. So, the Zodiac Killer was officially active from 1968 to 1969, but there are murders that people attribute to him as early as 1963, and then after his last confirmed murders, he, like, taunted investigators for, like, several years. Mm -hmm. And Zodiac himself claimed to have committed at least 37 murders, but investigators have only confirmed seven victims and five of those were killed. Mm-hmm. So, you That's know. That's a lot of unconfirmed. 
Yeah. Well, and like, I'll talk about a couple of them, a couple of the unconfirmed ones in part two, Mm -hmm. but like only a handful of them are like pretty valid. Like a lot of people believe that they Mm -hmm. could be Zodiac. Yeah. Like a lot of them that he claimed are pretty Mm -hmm. confidently not. Okay. So. Great. So the first confirmed attack by the Zodiac killer would not be attributed to him until months later. Um, And also this was like the 60s. So like the term Mm -hmm. serial killer wasn't really big yet. And like this Mm -hmm. was also his first one. So obviously it's not going to be attributed to him. So on Friday, December 20th, 1968, 16-year-old Betty Lou Jensen and 17-year-old David Arthur Faraday went on their first date. And it was actually the first date that Betty had ever been allowed on. Oh, no. I know. It breaks my heart. And so they went on, like, a nice date. I read somewhere that, like, they either either met, like, each other's, like, friends or each other's family. Like, just, like, very sweet. And then after that, they drove out to Lake Herman in Benicia, California. And around 10.15, the couple parked in a small gravel lot at a well-known lover's lane on Lake Herman Road. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to go home. I'm pretty sure both of their curfews was at 11. Okay. And they never made it home. It's so sad. So sometime before... Can you imagine your first date and this is what I happens? know. Like... That's terrible. She was probably so, like, nervous and so excited. And uh-huh. it's just like... Makes me so sad. So sometime before 11.15, someone pulled up next to them on the passenger side of their car and approached with a gun. And two shots were fired into the car to, like, try and force the couple out of the car. Mm -hmm. Um, One was shot into the rear window on the passenger side. And then one was shot into the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. I think like over the car, not yeah. like up into the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, police believe Betty left the car out of the passenger side with David following her, like also out of that side. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if he like told them to get out of the car or what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of other... Sorry, I can't speak. All of the other doors to the car were left locked. So Betty attempted to run and she was shot five times in the back and she fell about 30 feet away from the car. And David was found next to the car with a bullet in the side of his head. Yeah. Both were shot with a 22 caliber pistol with Winchester Super X shell casings. And around 1115, a woman named Stella Borges was driving by the area when she saw the couple's bodies. And so she immediately drove towards town to try and find somewhere that she could phone the police. Mm. And she told police that she had only seen David's car at the scene. So there were no other cars around Mm -hmm. and that she also didn't pass any cars on her way to find the police. By the time police arrived on the scene, David was still breathing, but he unfortunately died either en route to the hospital or soon upon arriving there. Sad. Mm-hmm. And Betty Lou also passed away from her injuries. Um, her name is Betty Lou. Betty That's Lou. so I know. pure. I know. And she was 16. Yeah. That's my sister's age. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, there were 10 total bullet casings at the scene, 
So there were the two warning shots into the car, the one to kill David, five to kill Betty. And then there were also two stray shots, likely from the killer, like shooting at Betty as she ran. Mm. There was also a small trace of gunpowder residue on Betty's dress, indicating that like most of the bullets were shot from a few feet away, but one of them was shot from close range. So I'm not sure. I kind of assume that to mean that he like went up after she had fallen and shot her again. But I'm not positive on that. Mm -hmm. There were no fresh tire tracks or footprints at the scene, um, likely because it was winter. And so the ground was like kind of frozen. And police searched for Betty and David's killer, but really had no leads. And the case kind of didn't go anywhere. Um, and they had no reason to believe the killer would strike again, but nearly seven months later, he did. That's a really long cooling off period. Yes. And it gets like shorter each time, Mm -hmm. like a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk some more about this, but one thing that I wanted to note about the Zodiac is he liked to attack or interact with like the police or the press on or around holidays or like days that had some sort of significance. Hmm. So this attack was only five days before Christmas and it was also like almost midnight on the winter like solstice. Solstice. Mm -hmm. So the next attack, speaking of holidays, took place on Friday, July 4th, 1969. So near midnight, 22-year-old Darlene Farron and 19-year-old Michael Majot sat in Darlene's car at Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, California. And this was only four miles away from Lake Herman Road, Hmm. where the first murders Mm -hmm. had been. And as the two sat there, a second driver parked next to them, this time on the driver's side. And the car, like the person in the car, turned their headlights off for a second And then like drove away. Hmm. And then about 10 minutes later, the car returned. And this time it parked behind them. Hmm. And the driver got out and approached the passenger door where Michael was seated. And the man was carrying a flashlight and a nine millimeter Luger. And Michael and Darlene kind of assumed that it was the police. Mm -hmm. And so Michael rolled the window down. And the killer shined the flashlight in their eyes and then started firing into the car. He fired five total times. Um, Several of the bullets passed like through Michael into Darlene. Yeah. And as the shooting began, Michael essentially like threw himself into the backseat to like try and avoid being hit. Yeah. So after shooting the five rounds, the killer started to walk away um, and Michael was still alive and made like a noise, just like he's in immense pain. Mm-hmm. And so the killer turned around and came back and shot both Darlene and Michael both twice again before driving off. Yeah. Terrible. Um, after the killer left, Michael was still alive, mm-hmm. which is like miraculous. Insane. Yeah. So he opened the back door and fell out like onto the ground. Um, But thankfully, like I said, the killer was already gone by this point. Mm -hmm. As the assailant fled, he drove quickly away. Um, Some people reported that he left with squealing tires, but Zodiac would later deny this. So Hmm. on July 5th, the the Vallejo Police Department received a phone call at 1240 a.m. 
about an hour after the attack. And the man on the phone spoke in a monotone voice. And some people even believe that he might have been like reading from a script or something. Mm -hmm. And the operator recalled that he sounded too like he was almost like taunting her. Mm. And so I have along the lines of what he said, there's no recording of this. So Mm -hmm. it's all up to the operator, like trying to like write down like Mm -hmm. what's happening. So he said, quote, I want to report a double murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to the public park, you will find the kids in a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, Some people have issues with the phone call. Um, I think like people just try and poke holes in this case, like where there aren't any. So basically, like it wouldn't have been one mile east like it it would have been 1.39 miles east on solano avenue and springs road and then northeast on columbus parkway and so it's like they're like his instructions aren't perfect and it's like i mean i don't think he cares about that yeah he's trying to be concise and like Mm -hmm. they still figured out what he meant so like i think he was trying to make the phone call last as little as possible to be honest Mm -hmm. so why would he be that specific anyway yeah it's just like the point of this phone call is not to like give exact stuff and yeah yeah, but i don't know so that phone call was traced to a phone booth at a gas station at springs road only a few blocks away from the police department Hmm. so a lot of people think that he called from this phone booth to be like close enough to like get to hear all of the sirens like Mm. leaving the department that makes sense so a man nearby witnessed the guy making this phone call, and Zodiac would mention this later in some of his letters, hmm. so we'll come back to that. So police arrived on the scene, and unfortunately, Darlene was pronounced dead at the hospital. Like I said, Michael miraculously survived this attack. He had been shot in the jaw, neck, and leg, oh which gosh. is just like, ow. Um, and he would later be able to describe his attacker, He said that he was a 26 to 30-year-old man, about 195 to 200 pounds, and he was about 5 foot 8 with short, light brown, curly hair, and he described him as having a beefy build. (laughs) And Michael also recalled that the killer did not wear glasses, but did have a large face, so. A large face. Yeah. Like, I think he means just like a, like a, like a big head. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can. You can be derogatory towards him. <laughs> hey, he's ugly. Uh-huh. Um, and also, obviously, at the time of the attack, the killer was not wearing a mask for this one. Okay. So um, Michael also recalled that the car the killer drove was brown, possibly a Chevy Corvair, and stated that he thought the, by the man's demeanor that he had been a police officer, like I said. I would never be able to identify a car. <laughs> no. I mean... To be fair, there's not that many cards back then. Well, no, I was going to say, to be fair, in this case, the number of cars that were mentioned and all of the sources I read, Uh I did not write down all of them. Uh, Yeah. It was like, oh, but this person thought they saw a white whatever, blah, blah. And I was like, that means nothing to me. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. I don't know anything. And I think there are so many people that could not correctly identify a car that it's like. It's eh. like the Chick-fil-A workers that are trying to. write down your car i would never i Uh would be so bad at it i'd be like it was brown it was a sedan i don't know 
Um, Michael also said that he believed by the muffled sound of the gun that it may have had a silencer on it. But witnesses who lived nearby do recall hearing gunshots, suggesting that there was no silencer and that he was just like deafened by the first gunshot. Yeah. So that he didn't register how loud it was. Mm -hmm. And the attack was also on July 4th. So some people might have heard the shots and thought that they were fireworks, too. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a huge mug. A few weeks after this attack, the... Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco Examiner would all receive the first of the Zodiac letters. Hmm. So on July 31st, they all received letters. Um, he Zodiac sent a lot, and we're going to talk about most of them. I'm not going to read all of them because the, some of them are really long. Mm-hmm. Um, but he usually wrote in a blue felt tip pen. Sometimes he used something different, but it seemed like that's like what he liked the best. Um, and most of the time, the envelopes contained double the necessary postage. Just hmm. like he like really wanted to make sure got they there. got there. So these first letters to the newspapers were virtually the same. They weren't exact copies. And like some of the wording was different, but they were all basically saying the same thing. Okay. Um, so the writer took credit for the murders at Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs, and he gave details from the scenes that had not been given to the press to prove his involvement. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read you the letter that was sent to the San Francisco Chronicle. Okay. So the letter starts, quote, Dear Editor, this is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo. Um, he spelled Christmas with two S's at the end. Mm-mm. And he did that every time he said Christmas. That's stupid. Yeah, he spelled a lot of things wrong. And we'll talk about it. Like his, and like even that, what I just read, like was one big sentence. Like he didn't use a lot of punctuation. Mm-hmm. He spelled things wrong. It's just very interesting. So he continued, quote, to prove I killed them, I shall state some facts which only I and the police know. Christmas. One, brand name of ammo, Super X. Two, 10 shots were fired. Three, the boy was on his back with his feet to the car. Four, the girl was on her right side, feet to the west. And then it said, 4th July. One, girl was wearing patterned slacks. Two, the boy was also shot in the knee. Three, brand name of ammo was Western. Mm. And then the note then said over, like on the bottom for them to flip it over. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't forget to read the back. Yes. Okay. Like he thinks that they're going to like read this and forget yeah. to like look if there's anything on the back. Yeah. Like that'd be pretty rough if they did. Yeah. <laughs> so when you flip it over, there's more. It said, quote, here is part of a cipher. The other two parts of this cipher are being mailed to the editors at the Vallejo Times and SF Examiner. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. In this cipher is my identity. And it said, if you do not print this cipher by the afternoon of Fry, that's Fry spelled spelled with a Y, 1st of Aug 69, I will go on a kill rampage Fry night. I will cruise, spelled without the I, around all weekend killing lone people in the night then move on to kill again until i end up with a dozen people over the weekend Mm. so all the letters said something similar to that that last paragraph is really the part that was like a little different in each one um and then all of them were signed with a circle with a cross through it 
that we now know is like Zodiac's symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had not yet named himself. And at the time, people considered that the symbol looked like a gun sight. Yeah. Like so, a- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as promised, all of the letters included part of a cipher. And I'm going to come back to the cipher in a little bit. And the papers did publish the letters, but not all of them did it on the first page. I know the Chronicle printed it on like the fourth page. Okay. So I think they were kind of just like, they wanted to print it, but they didn't want to give the guy like all of the power. And yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I probably would have done something like that. I don't know. It's just like... Actually, I I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. It's like none of the options are good. No. Because it's like you don't want to incite panic, Mm -hmm. but you don't want... To more not to do die. it if he's threatening that more people will die. Yeah, and if he's serious about it, which seems like he is. Well, and it's like, I mean, he was going to kill people anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So like I said, they printed these ciphers. And alongside these and at least a few papers, Vallejo Police Chief Jack Stilts was quoted asking the author of these le- letters to provide more details to corroborate his involvement in the murders. Just like to prove that he had actually done it. Mm -hmm. So on August 4th, the examiner received another letter in response to police asking for information to prove the writer actually committed the murders. And in this one, he gave himself a name for the first time. So this letter reads, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. In answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have had in Vallejo, I shall be very happy to supply even more material. By the way, are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. And he went on to give more details about the July 4th attack, saying, quote, I did not leave the crime scene of the killing with squealing tires and racing engine, as described in the Vallejo paper. I drove away quite slowly so as not to draw attention to my car. Hmm. So um, I think he like he's really hung up on like people thinking that he's like frantic or running like he mm-hmm. wants to come off as like really calm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also gave information about the man who witnessed him in the phone booth that night. So he basically just said that like while after he had hung up the phone, the phone rang again and caught this man's attention. And he said that it was a 40 to 45 year old black man. And this man later told the police that the killer was driving a brown car. Okay. So. I trust that man. Me too. For some reason. Zodiac then gave more information about the first murder. At the time, police believed the killer had been able to see the couple he was killing because it was a well-lit night. And Zodiac literally wrote that that was bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And he said, quote, What I did was tape a small pencil flashlight to the barrel of my gun. If you notice in the center of the beam of light, if you aim it at a wall or ceiling, you will see a black or dark spot in the center of the circle of light, approximately three to six inches across. When taped to a gun barrel, the bullet will strike exactly in the center of the black lot in black dot in the light. Hmm. All I had to do was spray them as if it was a water hose. There was no need to use the gun sights. I was not happy to see that I did not get front page coverage. Hmm. So that is more information than I needed to know about how to shoot someone. Like yeah, that. it's well, wow. and that's like the thing that all of that, no punctuation. It was so hard to read like yeah. on the paper, but it's just like you could have just said you taped a, a light to your gun. You didn't have to explain even more in detail. Like we, I think that people could gather that you just 
table light to it. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. But, mm. I, yeah. His letters are, like... Too specific. Very specific. Yeah. Um, and like, once I think again, we, I, we believe you, sir, at this uh, point. We get it. We understand. <laughs> you already included... Like, well, uh-huh. and it's, like, that doesn't give any evidence to prove you actually did it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, the phone booth thing and, like, pointing out the witness and stuff like that. That proves you did it. Mm-hmm. But, like, anyone could be like, I taped a flashlight to my gun. You're right. I don't know. Um, this letter was once again signed with the Zodiac symbol. And so it was clear that the symbol and the name went together. Mm-hmm. The three-part cipher that had been received on July 31st had 408 symbols in it. And it was Zodiac's longest cipher. And it was solved on August 8th. And although it was sent to, oh, like... that year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, a couple of days after the second Great. letter. Like a couple days after he was like, are you having fun with my cipher? <laughs> um, and it was sent to like the FBI and all kinds of intelligence agencies. But it was solved by a history teacher named Donald Jean with his wife, Betty June Harden. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. And they spent 20 hours on it. Wow. Which is like a long time. Mm-hmm. But also like not. Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't think I could have done that under it in under a day. Hmm? That's less than a day. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. I definitely couldn't. These are hard ciphers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did one of those murder mystery game boxes things. Hunt a killer. Hunt a killer. Sponsor us. <laughs> Please. Um, but, like, that was hard for me. Yeah. Like, we figured it out. I figured one of them out. Yes, you did. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this stuff? No way. But anyway, I just love that, it, like, this normal couple just solved it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, this message did not reveal the killer's identity, like, because why would it? Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, was more rambling, honestly. Um, like the letters, it contained lots of spelling mistakes. So it's, like, it's even harder to solve a cipher if there's, like, mm-hmm. spelling mistakes in it, honestly. But the cipher read, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. Ew. The best part is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and all that I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. What the heck? Yeah. And the getting your rocks off with a girl part, Zodiac never, like, none of his murders had any sign of, like, sexual assault. or It makes me feel like he's gay. Well. (laughs) And he's trying to uh, throw you off there. We can talk about that a little bit in part two. Okay. With one particular suspect. Okay. None of them are gay, but, like, one of them people thought he was. Okay. Um, But it's, like, the murders were more about, like, the sadism and like the pain he inflicted yeah it like wasn't sexual which is pretty unlike a lot of serial killers yeah were these all couples right all of his victims no okay for the most part i mean that is what he is known for and a lot of them were straight couples yes they were all i mean all the couples were straight couples. out of his seven confirmed victims Uh six of them were like couples and then one was a single man some issues I mean, I think that's clear anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the cipher also... Requ- I, I can't. 
Let me read for you. (laughs) (laughs) The cipher included reference to the book The Most Dangerous Game by Richard... Richard. (laughs) Richard Connell. A book in which a man hunted people for sport. I'm pretty sure I had to read that in school. Oh, like a short story that was just like that. I think it's a full-length book, but I mean, one of the suspects like talked about reading it in high school. Yeah, I think I've read something like mm -hmm. that. It's creepy. Yeah, um, this might ring a bell if you have read it. The main character's name was General Zaroff. I feel like I have read this. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just he hunted people for sport. And then some people think that Zodiac might have partially chosen the name Zodiac to keep, like, the Z. Mm. But, yeah. Um, After this cipher, there were leftover symbols at the bottom. Um, Like, after it had been solved, there were, like, 18 just, like, random ones. Um, Some people think that it could have been, like, an anagram for something. Some people thought that it was just, like, a mistake. And then some people thought that he, like, just used it as, like, filler. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just 18 random Makes sense. Things. He doesn't seem... He seems bright, but not too bright. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. The whole... Yeah. Like, him being able to, like, create these whole ciphers, but then also, like, not know how to how spell, spell... Yeah. ...is very interesting. Very cocky. Yes. Well, and it's, like... I I talk about it a little bit more when we talk more about some of the ciphers, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, was it him trying to throw them off? But then he also, like is really prideful so like why would you want to appear stupid yeah i don't don't think he meant it yeah good soup (laughs) so about two months after the first letters were sent the zodiac killer struck again and this time it was not like in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. it was at about 6 15 p.m and it was on the shoreline of Lake Berryessa near Napa. And this is about an hour outside of Vallejo. So 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard and 20-year-old Brian Hartnell were sitting on a blanket by the lake. And it was a more like remote area of the lake, like out on a peninsula. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of more like private. And Cecilia noticed a man approaching them and he was dressed pretty weird. Okay. So I'll definitely post a picture of it and I'll I'll show you. I'm sure you've seen it. But I knew there were things I needed to show you pictures of. So oh, no. Yeah. Basically, he was in a sweatshirt, long pants, and a square hood over his face. And the hood mm-hmm. had eye slits cut out into it. But then he wore clip-on sunglasses over the eye slits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. I see. And then... Um, the frowny face. Is there a frowny face on it? Yeah, she's probably not. I don't probably not there. Think that was actually there. <laughs> um, but his sweatshirt had the zodiac symbol on it. I remember this was in the movie, right? Oh yeah, I saw that in the movie. I was like, no, I've seen it. And um, I've never seen that drawing of it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. See, there's a frowny face. Oh, there is a frowny face. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, when he the man got closer. Brian Hartnell could see a lock of hair like underneath the sunglasses, indicating the killer had longer hair. Mm. Um, And the man was also holding a 45 caliber gun and had a knife like strapped to his hip. So the man. Did he ever use the knife? 
He's okay. about to. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. So the man was described as tall, more than six feet tall with a heavy build. And Brian Hartnell described him later as medium to short height and kind of pouchy. So like different descriptions of his height. But also, pouchy? what is pouchy? So uh, I think he had like a pouch, a <laughs> like okay. a gut. Some people uh, eh. pouchy, <laughs> pouchy. I've never heard someone say that before. <laughs> um, but anyway, the height thing, like they were sitting on the ground, okay. so I'm like maybe getting a gauge mm-hmm. on his height. I mean, zodiac's height. There are in every single witness story, like it's different. Okay. Which I'm also just like, I would never be able to tell you. I was about to say, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I would not know. I don't like, even know how tall I am. Like, I'd be like, I don't know. He's taller than me. I thought I was 5'4", and then my my sister, who's the same height, went to the doctor and found out she was 5'3", so I apparently am 5'3". <laughs> Great. I thought You're I was closer taller. to my height. <laughs> anyway, so he was maybe tall, maybe short, but he was pouchy. Um. And the man claimed to be a prison escapee and said that he needed money in a car. And so Brian offered his wallet and his car keys and then offered to write a check or like otherwise help however he could. So the man made Cecilia tie Brian up and then he tied her up. Um, and both of them were tied with a plastic clothesline. Ew. And I mean, all through this, they're just thinking they're being robbed. Yeah. But after they were both tied up, the man began stabbing Brian, and he stabbed him six times in the back. I thought it's five or six. I think I say five later. Sorry. That's okay. Um, You're forgiven by me. Thank you. Everyone else, your opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) She's forgiven by me. Listen, I checked so many facts so many times. I did my best. She's forgiven. Um, But the knife was approximately 10 to 12 inches long and had a wooden handle. And the police report would note that the knife appeared homemade. Hmm. I don't like that. No. After attacking Brian, the man attacked Cecilia, stabbing her five times in the back and then five times in the chest. Yeah. And after stabbing them both, he just walked away casually. Uh -uh. He did not run. He just walked away. So after the man had left... Cecilia and Brian were fortunately able to untie themselves and they alerted nearby fishermen and park rangers. Um, Even after being stabbed five or six times, Brian walked up the hill towards the road to like try and get help. Mm -hmm. And like he said, like he just kept having to stop because he was like blacking out. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was only stabbed in the back. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, not good. No. But it wasn't like near his heart. Yeah. The girls almost always got a lot more overkill. Yeah. On them. Um, it took an hour for an ambulance to arrive. No. Yeah. Unacceptable. Even back then. Yeah. Forty eight hours after the attack, Cecilia unfortunately passed away from her injuries. Um, but Brian would recover. Okay, good. After this attack, the police received another phone call from the attacker. What day was this again? September twenty seventh. Okay. What is the significance of that date? Anything? I couldn't find anything. This is okay. the only one that it wasn't like a I have not seen anyone like mention a significance. Okay. Um. Yeah. Maybe so, he missed Labor Day. Well, mm-hmm. and it could have been like a personal significance. True. Like it could have been anything. Okay. And it, that's not necessarily like a fact of the case either. Mm-hmm. Like he never said, I "I'm doing this on holidays. holidays." Yeah. It just kind of always 
seem to happen around holidays. So it's okay. it's really just a theory, but it's a pretty widely accepted one. Okay. So, um, so a man called the Napa P- Police Department and claimed responsibility for this attack. He said, quote, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They are two miles north of Park Headquarters. They were in a white Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. I'm the one that did it. And the caller did not hang up the phone after this call, um, probably learning from the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, he just left it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the call was placed from a phone booth in downtown Napa, and fingerprints were recovered from the phone booth. Um, once again, people suspect that he called from a booth near the station so that he could hear the sirens, mm-hmm. and also so that he wouldn't get like trapped up near the scene. Yeah. So. Or near where like he lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. I don't know. This is also far outside of Vallejo. Yeah. Which is where he usually was. Mm -hmm. So, Um, Interestingly, later on, for a while, people suspected Ted Bundy of being the Zodiac, um, which is like... They're very different. Very different. I literally wrote, uh, stupid Ted would never be bold enough to approach a woman if she had a man with her. Mm -mm. No way. Um, But the fingerprints from this phone booth would later clear Ted Bundy. Of this hmm. crime. But, like, they're not similar. Not at all. At all. No. But He's not smart enough for any of that. No. As much, I'm sure he probably also couldn't spell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's definitely not smart enough to make a cipher. No. He liked to think he was, but he was not. No, he's no. stupid. Yeah. So, at the scene, size 10 and a half wing walker shoe prints were recovered and indicated that the suspect weighed more than 210 pounds. And I'm looking up what wing walker. <laughs> well, a wing walker is a military style boot and they could only be bought at a military commissary with a military ID and they are designed for walking on the wings of a plane. Mm. But did you know that Doc Martens have a similar style? I didn't. <laughs> you could get some if you want. <laughs> I don't think I want the same shoes as this man. <laughs> no. But thanks. But yeah, so pretty uh-huh heavy implication that Zodiac at least had some sort of military ties. Gotcha. And the killer had also written a message on the outside of the victim's car door and it was in like permanent marker. It wasn't like scratched into the side. It was like just written. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of evident that he had parked behind them and was probably like watching them from like the time they arrived. Okay. So, um, the message on the car door started with the zodiac symbol and then it said Vallejo 12 20 68 which was the first murder mm-hmm. and then 7 4 69 which is the second and yeah. then September well it said sept, sept. 27 69 6:30 by knife hmm. so yeah um one of the things that i find very interesting and that brings up a lot of questions for me about this one is why he wore a mask this time yeah because like i mean i know that he had just been seen by mike Mm Mm-hmm. but like he still tried to kill brian yeah so it's like it's not like he was trying to really leave him alive Mm -hmm. he stabbed him a lot maybe he was worried about other people being around Mm -hmm. but i just i also think and it was was it daylight i think it was like around sunset ish yeah so it might have just been for other people. I think to me also what's most interesting is that he didn't just wear like a ski mask that he like yeah. 
He had a mask. Like, like he created this mask with his symbol on it. Like, yeah. If he was seen, he wanted people to know, to know it, was him. it was him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just find it very. Maybe he just wanted to be sure people couldn't identify him. Yeah. I don't know. But then, I mean, we're going to talk about it. His next one, he didn't wear anything. Was he shooting? Mm-hmm. But from maybe close because, range. Maybe because he was switching up his MO, he wanted people to know that it was still him. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just think it's, that's very interesting. So, mm-hmm. and it's also, I mean, like, he's still, like, he claimed it by writing on the door and he'd claim it later mm-hmm. in, like, pay, like letters and stuff. I don't know. It's just, like, you're going to claim it anyway. Yeah. But. Maybe he so. thought it would create another level of fear for them if they yeah. had heard about it before. Probably. But still. It's just very interesting. Mm-hmm. And he does, I mean, he likes to switch up his MO a lot. Yeah. So, speaking of that, only a few weeks after the attack on Cecilia and Brian, Zodiac struck again, and this is the last confirmed Zodiac murder. Okay. So, on Saturday, October 11th, 1969, at 9.55 p.m., 29-year-old Paul Stein was driving his cab in San Francisco, and his cab was hailed at Mason and Geary Streets, with the intended destination being Washington and Maple Streets, near the Presidio Heights neighborhood, which is like a pretty nice neighborhood. Okay. And despite the noted destination, the cab ended up a block away from like where it was supposed to end up. And it ended up at Washington and Cherry. So police received a call from witnesses to this murder. And when they arrived, they found that Paul Stein had been shot once in the head at point blank range with a nine millimeter pistol. And it was not the same 9 millimeter used in the second attack. It was like the same kind of gun, but different. Okay. Um, Paul's body was across the passenger side of the car with his legs in the driver's seat and his head in the passenger floorboard. And the passenger door to the cab was left open when the killer fled. So three teenagers had witnessed this murder, which is just like these poor kids. And they watched the killer in the front seat of the car. Um with Stein's body, like, basically across him. Mm. And they watched the killer, quote, wipe down the cab with a cloth. And Paul's wallet and keys were taken by the murderer. And a portion of his shirt had also been torn off, like, just, like, a square of it. Yeah. And bloody fingerprints were recovered in the vehicle, along with a pair of men's size 7 black leather gloves. Mm. So, like, which, why would you bring gloves and not use them and, then, and like, then leave them. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and they weren't the cab drivers. I don't think so. I mean, okay. it's believed that they were the killers. Is. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, the wiping the cab down thing. Like, there was so much blood and, like, fingerprints were left. So it's not like wiping it down would it like, helped. Yeah. Um, it kind of seems likely that they saw him, like, with Paul across him to tear the shirt Mm-hmm. And that they saw like the like piece of his shirt in his hands and thought that that was like a rag. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, when these witnesses called the police, they described the killer as a white male, twenty-five to thirty years old, five-eight to five-nine, with a stocky build, reddish-brown hair cropped short, and heavy-rimmed glasses. And I don't think they said this all over the phone. I think it might have come like later, but okay, that's how these kids described him. They also said that he was wearing a dark blue windbreaker and that he casually walked away from the scene walking north. 
And these kids eventually helped like with the main like sketch that we see of Zodiac. Gotcha. The Ted Cruz one. <laughs> the Ted Cruz <laughs> one. Yes. So this part makes me really mad. So the police dispatcher mistakenly described the suspect to patrol officers as a black man. What the heck? So while patrolling the officers, two officers saw a white man walking past them, but they never stopped him for questioning. What the heck? Yep. How do you get that wrong? I like, I was reading about it and they're like, the kids were like so frantic and they were like, so I think they were like trying to relay it to the patrol officers while still on the phone with the kids. But it's just like that. How do you get that mixed up? And also, because I think they say like, like letters, like I think they say like, like BMA, like black male adult yeah. or like WMA. So I think that it was just like a letter mix up and said, but I was just like, that's ridiculous. That's not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. It's not okay. That's your job yeah. to not get that wrong. So these officers later realized, like after they had learned that this killer was Zodiac, because at the time they still just thought it was like yeah. a random murder. Mm-hmm. After realizing that this was the killer, probably, and this was probably Zodiac, they described him. And these officers described the killer as 35 to 45 years old, so older than the mm-hmm. kids thought. And then they said, it's hard to tell people. I don't know age at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't tell by looking at you. No. And then they said that he was 5'10 and between 180 to 200 pounds and said he was barrel chested. He was a big guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like by most accounts. Okay. And um, that he had light colored crew cut hair and glasses. And they would later say that like the kids sketch was like not super accurate and like tried to amend it to have like a rounder face Mm -hmm. and like look a little older and just like fit what they thought more um they also referred to the man as having sort of a like lumbering walk okay don't totally know what lumbering i think he just walked kind of weird yeah (laughs) so interesting um yeah so paul stein's murder was originally not connected to zodiac and was considered just like a cab robbery gone wrong, which is understandable because, like I said, the past three Zodiac attacks had been couples on lovers' lanes. Yeah. And, like, they were all, like, younger, too. And this is a single guy, a cab driver, mm-hmm. and he was, like, almost 30, and it's just, like, it's very different. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, two days later, after the attack, on October 13th, 1969... The San Francisco Chronicle received a letter from Zodiac, and the letter contained a portion of the bloody shirt that was matched to Paul's. Great. And yeah, there was also a letter in which Zodiac took credit for this killing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here is a bloodstained piece of his shirt. I am the same man that did in the people in the North Bay area. And I just like at this point, he's clearly enjoying taunting the police. He Uh took time at the scene to take a piece of this man's shirt to later be able to be like, it was me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he clearly at this point is very caught up in proving himself. Yeah, that makes sense. The oh, so he continued. The SF police could have caught me last night. If they had searched the park properly, instead of holding road races with their motorcycles, seeing who could make the most noise. 
I want to clarify, I don't pronounce motorcycles like that. He spelled it with an I. <laughs> uh, thank you for the clarification. Yep. Because, because sometimes you say stuff weird. <laughs> <laughs> he spelled it with an I. Um, then he said, the car drivers should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice targets. I think I, I shall. Remember this. Yeah, this is like bad. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. That's terrible. It's so bad. So this letter was printed in the Chronicle, but without the threat on the school children, like to keep from like mass panic. Mm-hmm. But and I'm pretty sure they like have like a lot of like police escorts of buses and stuff for that a while. Sense. So um, I just wanted to note this because it makes me my heart hurt. Every year following Paul Stein's murder, SFPD detective Dave Toski, who's like well known for this case, he's played by Mark Ruffalo in the movie. Oh, um, he would visit the scene of the like he would visit the crime scene on the anniversary every year and like sit there and like wonder what they had missed and stuff. That's so sad. (laughs) So are all the suspects dead now? Um, I think most of them are. I think the, all of the ones... That pisses me yeah. off. That will not... We will probably never know. I know. They... Yeah. They are pretty Classic much... Classic Sydney to her... The serial killer she finds most fascinating is the unsolved one. The one that's, like, probably never gonna... Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure the FBI has, like, said they're not really pursuing leads unless they can get, like, DNA. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, continue. Mark Ruffalo. Mark character. Ruffalo. Uh, I'm done with that. I just needed to mention it. (laughs) So on October 22nd, Oakland PD received a phone call from someone claiming to be Zodiac. And he said that he would call talk show host Jim Dunbar on his AM San Francisco talk show and like talk on the show if one of two famous attorneys were present, either F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belli. And so Melvin Belli went on the show and they got over 50 calls from the same man. And so they spoke with him for a while. He kept hanging up to like keep them from like tracing him. Yeah. Essentially. And he claimed to be Zodiac and he said his name was Sam and he agreed to meet with Belli in person but never showed and his number was unable to be traced. Hmm. But witnesses and people who've spoken with the real Zodiac listened to these tapes and agreed that Sam was an imposter. Okay. And it was later found out that it was a man named Eric Wheel, who was a patient in a mental hospital at the time. And there are also like a lot of times that there were like random calls to Melvin Belli's house and stuff. So and I think it's just a guy obsessed. Yeah. With all of them f- were made by Eric Wheel okay. for the most part. Lots of talking. About a month later, like a month after the um, Stein murder, on November 8th, A greeting card was sent to the Chronicle along with another piece of the shirt. And this one included another cipher. And the cipher consisted of 340 symbols. So a little bit shorter than the first one. Mm -hmm. And the letter said, I thought you would need a good laugh before you hear the bad news. You won't get the news for a while yet. P.S. Could you print this new cipher on your front page? I get awfully lonely when I ignored. When I am ignored. When I, I thought you that. I wouldn't believe that he would have said that. He probably would. When I am ignored. So lonely I could do my thing. Like underlined with like a lot of exclamation points. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, dude. Okay, sir. 
Um, and then it also said Des, like D-E-S, I think he meant December. July, Og, Sept, Oct equals seven, like alluding to his victims and I guess like trying to include some unidentified ones because he had not attacked in August. Yeah. So Interesting. he included that. But then it's also like if he had attacked in August, why didn't he claim it on the court on the car door on in September when yeah. he claimed everything else? That's weird. So anyway. The next day, a seven page letter was sent to the Chronicle. Oh my gosh. I know. I am not gonna read the whole thing. Um uh yes you are. I'm not. <laughs> you are. I'm not. I promise. <laughs> but Zodiac claimed that he had killed seven people. Um and he said he was upset with the lies the police were telling about him. So he said, quote, so I shall change the way the collecting of slaves. I shall no longer announce to anyone when I commit my murders. They shall look like routine robberies, kills of anger and a few fake accidents. So he's just like, I think anytime someone died, he he's wanted like, them to be mine. like, that, that's me. Um, he said, quote, I look like the description passed out only when I do my thing. The rest of the time, I look entirely different. What the heck? Yeah. He said, quote, as of yet, I have left no fingerprints behind me, contrary to what the police say. In my killings, I wear transparent fingertip guards. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's like there's a chance that like maybe you think you haven't left fingerprints or like the 60s yeah it's just like what are I, the only thing i can think of is like him putting like glue on his fingertips yeah, or no. something but i'm just like that he's not doing that every time i think he's just making it up yeah but i'm like he's just trying to be like you don't actually have my yeah. fingerprints i don't know stupid yeah very stupid in this letter, he taunted police some more and claimed that he had spoken to the officers who saw him after the Stein murder. And he marked this part of the letter, like literally put a bracket around it and was like, print this in the Chronicle. No. So this part that he wanted printed said, P.S. Two cops pulled a goof about three minutes after I left the cab. I was walking down the hill to the park when this cop car pulled up and one of them called me over and asked if I saw anyone acting suspicious. Oh, <laughs> he spelled no. suspicious really wrong. <laughs> or strange in the past five to ten minutes. And I said, yes, there was this man who was running by waving a gun and the cops peeled rubber and went around the corner as I directed them. And I disappeared into the park a block and a half away, never to be seen again. Hmm. So great. Like I said, the police claim to have not spoken to him. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think at the very least, it's interesting that he knows they saw him mm -hmm. and they know that it was him. Yeah. So. Um, he then said, if you cops think I'm going to take on a bus the way I stated I was, you deserve to have holes in your heads. Whoa. Yeah. Very aggressive. And also like, it's like he wants to be, be believed when he says he's going to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when people believe it, he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just very strange. Um, and then after this, pretty much most of the letter was a recipe and diagram for a bomb. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Not lovely. Not lovely. On December 20th, 1969, on the one-year anniversary of the first attack, a letter was sent to Melvin Belli, and the writer claimed to be Zodiac, and 
it has been like authenticated. People do believe that it was Zodiac who sent this one. Okay. Um, the writer wished Melvin a happy Christmas with two S's. Um, the writing in this one is a lot neater, but he like asked for help and said he was afraid he would lose control and kill again. So it's like maybe like his writing is indicative of him feeling in control, but like he's about to lose it. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then he said the children were safe from the bomb because it was a lot of work. <laughs> I got lazy. He's like, nah. I don't have it in me, guys. Yeah. Sorry. You guys are safe, I guess. Yeah. He's like, sorry. I know so. you all were waiting for this terrible attack, but yeah. I can't. Well, and he never actually set off a bomb. No. I don't think this man was capable of making a bomb. I think no. he wanted to seem like he was. Yeah. Just, that's so dumb. So. On a Sunday in late March of 1970, 22-year-old Kathleen Johns was driving in her station wagon with her infant daughter. And this story is one that is also not confirmed to be Zodiac, but I wanted to include it in this part because it's kind of early. Like, it's in the timeline. Okay. um, So, basically, this story. Oh, yes. I know this. Yeah. I've heard this story forever. I think I've heard this story well before I knew about Zodiac. Yes. And it's always freaked me out. Mm-hmm. It was in the movie. It was in the movie. You're right. That's how I know it. <laughs> um, also, she was 22. Oh, God. She's That's younger than me. She's the same age as me. Yeah. That's younger than... Oh, no, no, I no, know. No. It's so scary. No, no, no. Um, With a baby. With a oh, baby. No. She was also seven months pregnant. Oh, my with gosh. With her second baby. Two babies. Yeah. So she had left San Bernardino and was traveling towards Petaluma to visit her mother. And while on Highway 132 near Modesto, a vehicle pulled alongside her. A lot her. happens in Modesto. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it there. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, a lot happens in this area of California. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't think we should be there. No. Um, so a vehicle pulled alongside her and signaled that she should pull over. And she is very trusting because when I pull up at a light, I don't lock eyes with anyone. Nope. But she pulled over. Straight ahead. Yeah. So she pulled over and the driver of the other car explained that the back wheel on her car was loose and offered to fix it. Um, first of all, I'm like, I'm not sure you could notice that. No. Like driving behind someone at night. No. But also. Okay. I'll take it to a shop. Thanks. (laughs) Well, and ladies, let's learn how to fix your own tires. I don't know how to fix my own tire. Don't encourage that. We should learn, though. We tried, remember? We did okay. No, we didn't. (laughs) Someone had to come do it. It's okay. We cannot do it because the jacks in your cars are not made for that. They fall so easily. Well, thankfully, we have cell phones now, which helps a little bit. And go, just go to a shop. Just do it. And then be like, I don't want anything else done. Just this. (laughs) Cars are stressful. Yeah. But anyway. um, Don't, don't act like it's easy, Sydney. Okay. Well, also just don't let some random man on the side of the road. No. Quote, fix your tire. Because have you seen the video of Luke Bryan? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have. It's kind of great. Unless it's a celebrity that seems trustworthy. I kind of trust Luke Bryan. Now I would trust Luke Bryan. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, sorry. don't trust this guy. No. <laughs> so instead of fixing her tire that was not broken, he loosened the lug nuts. And as Kathleen drove away, the wheel fell off. Of course. Yeah. 
Classic. So the man pulled over again and offered Kathleen a ride to a gas station. So Kathleen claimed that once inside the car, the man threatened to harm her child. And so she held her daughter to her chest and jumped out. I think like some people say she jumped out when she was moving. It kind of sounds like it was more like they're at a stop sign or something when she jumped out. Either way. Yeah. Still brave. And so she like hid until he was gone. And another driver gave her a ride. I think so. Okay. I mean. Great. Yeah. She's alive. So. Um, Someone else gave her a ride to the police station and she identified the stranger from one of the police sketches of Zodiac. Okay. And her car was later found burned, like, on the side of the road. Ugh. Yeah. So, on April 20th, 1970, the Chronicle got another letter. He said, this is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is blank. And then he included a 13-symbol cipher. This cipher is still unsolved. Oh. Uh, he then said, I am mildly curious do you want to know how i spelled curious yes c-e-r-o-u-s how would you even figure out what word that is because of the rest of the sentence okay i am mildly (laughs) (laughs) you could have just let me live (laughs) you had to say that to me cut that out cut that out (laughs) don't cut it out so he said i'm mildly curious as to how much money you have on my head now I hope you do not think that I was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with the bomb at the cop station. So someone else had bombed a police station, but it was not him. He then said, I have killed 10 people to date. It would have been a lot more, except that my bus bomb was a dud. I don't think this man would know how. I think he would be trying to build a bomb and accidentally kill himself. Well, then it's like he like wants to be taken so seriously. And then he's like, "Mm, I made a bomb and it sucked. It didn't work. (laughs) Um, he then said, I was swamped out by the rain we had a while back. And this is likely referring to the fact, like, he mentioned in one of his letters that he, like, used his basement to build bombs. And so people think that, like, his basement got flooded or something at one point. Okay. So, uh, April 28th, the Chronicle received a greeting card. And this was from Zodiac, obviously. And he had written, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast. And then he said, if you don't want me to have this blast, you must do two things. One, tell everyone about the bus bomb with all the details. That it did, Even that it didn't work? <laughs> I guess. That's I think he had like threatened about other ones and stuff. So I don't know. Okay. Um, two, I would like to see some nice Zodiac buttons wandering about town. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else has these buttons like the peace symbol, black power, Melvin eats blubber, etc. Well, it would cheer me up considerably if I saw a lot of people wearing my button. Please no nasty ones like Melvin's. No one's going to wear a button with, with the zodiac symbol, symbol. Uh, with the freaking gun sight. If they have that, but what if they had it on and that would protect them? But it's like that's the thing. No, no, it's no. like I wouldn't think it would protect me. No. I would think that he would target me. Yeah. I also just so the Melvin eats blubber thing was people were wearing buttons that said Melville eats blubber, referring to the author of Moby Dick. Okay. But I think he changed it to Melvin to like at Melvin Belli. Yeah. <laughs> but then he was like, no mean ones, please. <laughs> like, I'm sensitive. <laughs> please don't make a mean button about me. That's stupid. Yeah. This guy sucks. Yeah. What did you do? I got it. Okay. On June 26th, 
The Chronicle received another letter. He really loved The Chronicle. Um, this had a crush on them. I mean, yeah. They wrote a lot about him, so I think he was yeah. like, cool. Um, also, the guy who wrote the Zodiac book worked at The Chronicle. And Wasn't it Jake Gyllenhaal's yeah, character? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's character and Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Oh, I like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Jr. I just said Judy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So this letter contained a map of the San Francisco Bay Area with a circle on Mount Diablo. And then it had a 32 symbol cipher. And like he kind of alluded that like the cipher would help them to like locate a bomb that was like buried. Okay. Yeah. He said, I have become very upset with the people of San Fran Bay Area. They have not complied with my wishes for them to wear some nice Zodiac buttons. <laughs> he was really on the button thing. Uh-huh. He said, I promised to punish them if they did not comply by annihilating a full school bus. But now school is out for the summer, so I punished them in another way. I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. And then he claimed his score with like a zodiac symbol dash 12 and then SFPD dash zero. Okay. He really liked to like put a scoreboard. That's stupid. And this letter was written after the Chronicle had published an article about a man being shot in a car. And so like Zodiac didn't give any details that weren't already in the paper. Okay. So not confirmed. Yeah. He was just trying to claim that, but Mm -hmm. it is pretty widely believed that that was not Zodiac. Okay. On July 24th, the Chronicle got another letter. And this one is a few months after Kathleen Johns' abduction, but Zodiac claimed responsibility. So this letter said, I am rather unhappy because you people will not wear some nice Zodiac buttons. Oh my gosh. I know. And Buy yourself a button maker. Man. <laughs> Make your own. Make your own buttons. Yeah, he mentioned the buttons in three different letters. It's That's ridiculous. Stupid. So he said... Do you want to be... It's Ted Cruz. He wants to be president. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Campaign buttons. Another connection. <laughs> um, he's my first on my list of suspects. That's my suspect. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. It's so funny. It's so bad. Oh, my bad. gosh. It's so the bad. meme where it says, this man ate my child. <laughs> and, like, when people would, like, hold up signs to him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I mean, so funny. It's funny because Ted Cruz sucks. So he said that he was unhappy because they wouldn't wear the buttons. And then he said, So now I have a little list, starting with the nice, whoa, man. He spelled woman wrong. And, oh. <laughs> and her baby that I gave a rather interesting ride for a couple hours. He spelled hours H O W E R S. That's so stupid. Yeah. How dumb can you be to spell I don't know. This is like a little kid spelling. <laughs> For a couple hours. One evening. And he said, a few months back that ended in my burning her car where I found them. Once again, this letter gave no facts that weren't already published. Mm-hmm. So there is a chance that he was also trying to just claim, claim this it. one. So it might not have actually been. Him. Yeah. This one's kind of like, I included this one because... Like, she did say that it looked like him and, like... Yeah. So, it could have been, but... Okay. On July 26th, that was the 24th, so two days later, the Chronicle received a five-page letter from Zodiac. God. I know. He has too much time on his He writes so... Like, they're long. What's his job? (laughs) I mean... Did he have a job? I mean, maybe. 
Most of the suspects I do think had jobs. jobs. But he also only really killed on weekends. Yeah. So. Too much time on his hands to write these letters. Yeah. So this letter um, said, oh, he mentions it a fourth time. <laughs> Being that you will not wear some nice no. Zodiac buttons. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, this is such a man thing. Oh, it, it gets better. I forgot he said this. Being that you will not wear some nice Zodiac buttons, how about wearing some nasty Zodiac buttons <laughs> or any type of Zodiac buttons that you can think up? No, this is not real. You're making this I'm up. I'm not making this up. He was like, you can bully me. I just want to see my symbol on a button. No. Um, he said, if you do not wear any type of Zodiac buttons, I, I shall, on top of everything else, torture all 13 of my slaves that I have waiting for me in paradise. Ew. Um, so he's claiming 13 victims at this point. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, so Is the he only counting the people that actually died? Do we think? I think. Because he's not counting the people that are for sure his victims, but they survived. Yeah, because in, like, the first one, he says, like, I killed that couple and the girl. Like he knew mm. that Mike had survived. And okay. Mike, I don't think he was counting him. Okay. Um, so this letter is often called the little list letter or the Mikado letter because it paraphrases lyrics from the song. I've got a little list from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical, the Mikado. I have no idea. What that Me is. neither, but he really likes the Mikado. Okay. Um, and he like writes these lyrics out. But, like, half the words are misspelled. Like, it's really hard to read. Okay. Um, And then he also talks about the code, like, that had to do with Mount Diablo and, like, the bomb. And he said that the code concerned radians. I don't know. He's talking about, like, math and stuff. But I don't think he really knows what he's talking about. What the heck? So. I was trying to think of math in my head. Nothing was happening. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think radians are a real thing. Yeah, I I remember talking about But, like, they're not. I think he thought he was talking about like a radius yeah and they're not the same you said it and i was like i know i know that word but everything i've ever learned about math has left my brain (laughs) yeah (laughs) um on october 27th chronicle reporter paul avery um received a halloween card his name was misspelled on it as averly and waverly (laughs) my cat Avery was heavily involved in reporting on the Zodiac case, and he even made a connection with a possible Zodiac murder in Riverside, which I will come back to in episode two. Oh, part two, not episode two. Part two, sorry. (laughs) Um, Paul Avery is the one played by Robert Downey Jr. Nice. Nice. Um, So on the envelope, sorry, no cipher was written in the shape of an X. So he wrote, like, sorry, no cipher, and then, like, turned the paper and wrote, sorry, no cipher again, so it made an X. What the heck? I don't know. That's weird. And Too much time on your hands, sir. Yeah. It was, like, uh, it's a Halloween card, so it's, like, a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And it says, from your secret pal, I feel it in my bones, you ache to know my name, so I'll clue you in, but then why spoil the game? So he's, like, making up a rhyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. And then he wrote the number 14 twice on the card indicating a 14th victim and he also wrote like in like a very weird i'll post a picture of it in like a weird order like half of it was written vertically half of it was written horizontally he wrote paradise slaves by fire by knife by gun by rope so okay yeah um he does sound like he's losing it a bit yeah a little like bit. he said he was going to do yeah after this um, 
Paul Avery got a gun to protect himself. And then other reporters started wearing buttons that said, I am not Paul Avery. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, imagine being Zodiac. I would wear that if I was Paul Avery. (laughs) (laughs) I think in the movie he does, which is really funny. But like, I don't know if he actually did. But like Zodiac's been begging people to wear a button with his name. And now it says someone else's yeah, name. He was probably so pissed. Yeah. And also that's so funny. No, no, no. You're like, no, I'm no, not no, Paul no. Avery. Anyway. That's bad. On March 13th, 1971, the LA Times received a letter and it was just classic Zodiac ridiculing the police classic. for not catching him. You know, classic. Um... He was just like ridiculing them for not catching him yet, but then said, I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. And then he said, the reason that I am writing to the Times is this. They don't bury me on the back pages like some of the others. So he just really wanted to be on the front page all the time. And in this one, he also claimed to have 17 victims at this point. So... Going up. Yep. With no evidence. No. I think every time he wrote, he felt like, oh, I have to say I did something Did else. another, yeah. Um, on March 22nd, 1971, Paul Avery received a postcard from Zodiac, and it was a postcard of Lake Tahoe, and it said, sought victim 12 in, like, magazine letters on it. Okay. But. <laughs> on January 29th. 1974 so this is several years have passed it kind of like yeah. stopped after that at least the official ones okay um this letter says i saw and think the exorcist was the best satirical comedy that i have ever seen i don't think the exorcist is supposed to be a satirical no comedy. i think he wants to come off as like really edgy yeah it's like i thought the exorcist was, was a comedy no um and then he included another mikado quote which included the phrase titwillow, titwillow, titwillow. Don't, I think it's like about a bird. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then he said, if I do not see this note in your paper, I will do something nasty, which you know I'm capable of doing. And then he included another box score and this time claimed 37 victims. Hmm. On February 14th of that year, a postcard was sent to the Chronicle. Can you say that month again? February 14th. <laughs> I just thought you said February, like Ryan <laughs> I did not say February. Yeah. <laughs> February. February. I don't say the R in it. Feb- I don't know if I do or <laughs> Anyway. I'm just very aware of it. Okay. Kay. Valentine's Day. Yes. Valentine's Day. Um, this postcard referred to the Symbionese Liberation Army and the abduction of Patty Hearst and was signed a friend. And it was literally like really short. It was just like, do you know that SLA stands for symbionese liberation i don't even know but it was just like yeah it was talking about the abduction of patty hearst and i do find it interesting because paul avery was also known for writing about patty hearst okay like when you look him up it's like wrote about zodiac and patty hearst Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's why he would have sent it to the chronicle to like Mm -hmm. be like i'm still reading you guys kind of thing but yeah um may 8th The Chronicle received a greeting card, and in it, a citizen complained about the glorification of violence in newspaper ads for the movie The Badlands, and it is believed to have been sent by the Zodiac. 
I don't really know why mm-hmm. with that one. I mean, I, I'm assuming that they just think it was Zodiac because they did like handwriting analysis. Mm-hmm. But it's a very weird one. Okay. So it's, it's just like he was like, I'm a citizen and you glorify violence by including this ad for a movie. But you want to put my letter on the front page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. The last confirmed Zodiac letter was received on July 8th, 1974 by the Chronicle. And it was essentially him complaining that the columnist Marco Spinelli was suffering from a psychological disorder. I don't know what this man was like printing in his column. I don't know if he was talking about Zodiac or something else that Zodiac was upset by. Mm -hmm. But he was literally just like, that man is suffering from a psychological disorder. (laughs) Okay. And then he signed it, the red phantom, red with rage. Hmm. Weird. So, very weird. And how is it confirmed, Zodiac? Handwriting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there are other letters that were sent to the Chronicle and other newspapers that were thought to be Zodiac, but that were never confirmed. On April 24th, 1978, the Chronicle received a letter that said, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am back with you. Tell Herb Kane, who is a journalist mm-hmm. at the Chronicle, I'm here. I have always been here. That city pig Toski, who's the detective, mm-hmm. is good, but I am smarter and better. He will get tired, then leave me alone. I am waiting for a good movie about me. Who will play me? I am now in control of all things. Yours truly. And then he signed it with the like score, but instead of a number for like how many kills he had, he wrote guess. Yeah. And uh seven. <laughs> five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um there is controversy over whether this one is real. Um a lot of people pointed the finger at Toski and thought that he had written it himself to like kind of bring the eye back to Zodiac. Mm. But um Sherwood Morrill, a handwriting expert, concluded that the letter was genuine Zodiac. And also, like, rolled out Toski's handwriting against it. Okay. So, it could have been real. It could have not. Okay. A lot of people don't believe it is, but I don't know. Someone confirmed that it was. Yes. Um, and then, finally, the last letter I'm going to talk about was received by the LA Times um, on May 2nd, 1978. And the writer claimed to be Zodiac and claimed that he had five people on his list to kill in the next three weeks. And then also talked about, like, who might play him in a movie. So it's like, it it is interesting that these two places received letters, both talking about who might play him in a movie. Yeah. Um, But this one has also not been authenticated. So It's a lot of writing. It's so much writing. If you wanted to know, it's not me because I hate writing. (laughs) You wouldn't want to write a seven-page handwritten letter. I don't want to write a seven-page anything. (laughs) Fair. Except for my research. Yeah, guys, my research for this is 21 pages. It's so much. That's why you're getting two parts. Yep. And that is actually where I'm going to end part one. (gasps) Oh, no. Well, I get to find out in like soon. (laughs) And I mean, you guys get to find out in like a couple days. Yeah. So, because you get two parts coming at you. You're getting like three episodes in a week. Yeah. Because we, well, messed up in the first place. (laughs) We forgot. But But you're welcome. (laughs) But also, even if we hadn't forgotten, you'd probably still be getting three episodes in a week. So, yeah. So, it's a gift. Woo. For us for getting. <laughs> yep. Um good job. Sid. So, come back for part 2 to hear about the ciphers, some more 
unconvi- unconfirmed victims, and then all of the suspects. suspects. So Ted Cruz, number one. <laughs> number suspects. one on the list, Ted Cruz. Obviously. Yeah. Um <laughs> number one. <laughs> anyway. Uh well talk to you in a few days homies you want to lead us out with the where to follow us on the things <laughs> i forgot that was, that that was such a thing. weird <laughs> i was about to, to like close out the podcast and i forgot you hadn't said no. it yet, so she was skippy me <laughs> follow us on instagram at something sick podcast or on twitter at a sick podcast or on tiktok at something sick podcast get Sydney to post more on tiktok i and don't have time <laughs> neither do i um uh, or email us at somethingsickpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Now we'll actually talk to you next time on these. Peace out.